All right, it's the fantasy finish line, and it's week seven in the NFL. I love scotch. <laughs> All right, it's the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast. We are here from drink5.com. I am Jason, and across the table from me is Dave, as usual. Uh, it's just the two of us tonight. We're in a rolling without any guests. So, um, you know, we just get to yammer back and forth about all of our favorite fantasy uh, issues going on this week. Uh, but first, as always, we got to know what we're drinking uh, and tonight we've got the Epic Brewing India Pale Ale Sour IPA. We decided to just, you know, take all of our favorite um, words and flavors and styles and put them all in one can. <laughs> so it's um, an interesting beer. I've certainly never had a beer like this. Uh, it's very, like, kind of a juicy IPA. It's not incredibly sour. Um, so this is like a sort of generic mishmash of the juicy IPA trend along with the sour trend, um, and it's not it's not bad or good. It's confusing to me. <laughs> it is confusing my palate as well, right? Especially after a shot of whiskey. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but hey, you know who cares? Um, so uh, this week, you know, we're gonna run down a bunch of stuff. As always, uh, if you're in the chat room in Mixler. Uh, shoot us a question if you follow us on Twitter at Drink5. Uh, shoot us a question if uh, we're live, of course. Of course, if we if you're listening to this later on, you can email us or shoot us up. Um, hit us up on Twitter. Stop shooting at us. No, yes. Please, no shooting. <laughs> None of that. Um, anyways, uh, this week, you know, the very first thing we got to discuss is the biggest injury that's happened in the NFL. Maybe this year, Aaron Rodgers went down. And he's going to be out for the rest of the fantasy season, at the very least. Now, for fantasy purposes, I would argue that both Odell Beckham Jr. and David Johnson are are, are more impactful injuries. David Johnson, probably the most impactful one. But, but yeah. Week one, first round pick. Like, you can't get worse than that. But the, the, the highest profile player in the league may be Aaron Rodgers. Sure. Plus, you've got um, you know other players that are going to be impacted by him more so than than uh, OBJ or David Johnson being. Yeah, gone. this is a huge ripple effect down the entire Packers roster. <laughs> uh, so we know what what we know about him. He's got a shoulder injury. It's going to require surgery. Uh, anything that requires surgery is two months at minimum, uh, unless people are getting really simple uh, procedures done. So uh, you can go ahead and drop Rogers tonight. Is that the advice that you would? Follow Dave. Um, so, so I don't believe that there's been specific information about the um, about the surgery or about him coming back and playing necessarily. Certainly, they haven't put him on IR yet. But I think the estimated time of uh, um, it was going to be at least eight weeks. Um, and, and generally, what people had said before, experts on uh, medical issues for the NFL uh, football players. Uh, was that if someone is going to have surgery for this kind of a condition, that it will it will usually put them out for the season. In this case, if the Packers are in the playoffs and Rodgers is available, obviously they would put a guy of his caliber back in if they could. Absolutely. But this is a situation where 
if your fantasy team is not, you know, uh, five and one or six and zero oh at this point, then you want to drop him and fill your schedule or your roster with people that can help you get to the playoffs first. Right. What we know from the past is that in 2013, he uh, had a collarbone fracture, missed seven games in that one, did not have surgery. So it took him seven games to recover from a similar injury without surgery. I expect this to last longer this time. Uh, I think we'll see him getting put on the IR before the end of the week. Uh, but that's, that's totally my speculation. Yeah, I am it, not a doctor nor a general manager of an NFL team. And if you're on the IR, then obviously um, you know, you're know you you're pretty much of no use to fantasy teams <laughs> unless you've got a dynasty league or a keeper league. Unless you're keeping or him or something like that. So in redraft uh, formats, I think that you're safe to drop him. Uh, make sure that you're filling your roster with people who are going to help you win. Now. Well, I will tell you though that like quite a lot of people in the in the communities that I that I go to and I um, you know speak with and have conversations with um, are keeping guys like David Johnson um, or guys like Danny Woodhead um, or other players that are on IR because they'll come back. But sure, this, those guys are expected to pop, probably almost for sure play at some point in the before week sixteen. Yeah, so so I think we're both thinking that Rogers is probably going to be out for the entire regular season uh, unless he pops back in in 16 or 17 right and in 16 i mean maybe you would want to put him back uh i don't know who they play let's take a look at who they play but obviously that would be without any sort of uh you know games under his belt they play the vikings again that week in uh lambo on a saturday night so you know that's something to worry about down the road yeah if you have the extra roster spots and you want to commit to keeping him, you know, it's not the worst idea in the world. People are keeping David Johnson and they don't deserve to be committed as crazy as I may think they are. Uh, So, you know, my recommendation and the general consensus is probably go ahead and drop him in a redraft league. Now, what is this going to do to the rest of the players uh, on the team? Do you see a huge downgrade for the wide receivers? Do you think that a different receiver is going to step up? Or do you think that it'll still be kind of Nelson and Adams? Uh, you know, I mean, there was like five guys who were fantasy worthy on that team. And now they're all borderline. It's kind of sketchy. Um, Jordy Nelson's not borderline, right? He's he's pretty great. And, you know, what was wonderful about last week is it showed that uh, he came back right after a possible injury, um, caught six of nine for 90, so he did pretty well. And that was um, Xavier Rhodes, although I, I guess Rhodes wasn't really shadowing Nelson directly. Um, so some of that... Um, some of that was because he was moving around on the field. Okay. Um, but I, I happen to like uh, Devontae Adams and Geronimo Allison. I don't really think that, that Randall Cobb um, would step up with, with a new quarterback, but I don't know very much about Brent Hundley. So what's what's your opinion on, on Hundley? We saw uh, 18 of 33 for 157 and one touchdown and three interceptions. Now that's a similar line, for example, to Kevin Hogan on Cleveland, who was a, a first-time starter, and Hundley right. came. He came in, but he yeah. he came in with a, a lot of time left in the game, so it's almost like uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even complete. You know, when you start the game, then you've had all week to practice in the game plan. And yes, you know, Hundley would have been in the room when they're game planning against the Vikings. But when he practices, he's essentially playing the role of the Vikings, not the role of the Packers quarterback. Well, what we saw was uh, he threw a touchdown to Devontae Adams. He threw a touchdown to Ty Montgomery, who couldn't catch it. Um, so, <laughs> so that could have been a couple good touchdowns. You got a guy playing uh, 
behind Aaron Rodgers, a guy who has good um, good size and um, and uh, his measurables look good. But but I don't really know very much about Hundley, so I don't know how it's going to affect the guys. Except to say that watching the game. Uh, he was still able to complete passes to the major players on the team. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about them completely shutting down the running, the the passing game. I think that um, Devontae Adams is, is going to be a flex, borderline sort of guy, uh, but may clean up uh, in the touchdown department. Jordy Nelson, you're still going to want to start, although he's sort of lost his WR1 status, and he's now a 2 or maybe a 3. Uh, but he's still startable, I, I would say, every week. Uh, you've got Ty Montgomery. That all is going to depend on his own health. There, I don't know that now you can really uh, start. What's his? Um, I, I want to say Alex Jones, and I know that's incorrect. Who is the rookie running back? Aaron Who's Jones. Aaron Jones. Um, well, him and Montgomery are both sort of splitting carries now, but they'll they'll probably go to the guy that they know. There'll probably be a lot of time Montgomery if he's going to come back and he's actually healing up his injury. Right. One of Aaron Rodgers' you know great strengths is that he can roll out and avoid the pressure. If you're going to have more of a pocket passer, which I don't know that Hundley is, um, you would need somebody probably more like Montgomery who can pick up the blitz a lot better. So uh, I, I wouldn't panic entirely on their passing game. Uh, I would probably stick with just Montgomery, Adams, and Nelson going forward until you see more. So hold on the other guys. Don't drop them yet other than Aaron Rodgers. But maybe don't start him this week if you have other options. Sure. But hell, I mean, I've got a league where I'm starting Juju Smith-Schuster this week. So after all the injuries and all the bye weeks, this is the time where you're going to start throwing darts. Well, I still think that Juju is a, is, is almost it's a weekly start in PPR. Um, he's starting to to climb up that, that ranking list. And, you know, I, I, I do the, uh, the rankings for Fantasy Pros for our, our website on a weekly basis, and I've seen him kind of climb up the you charts. You do the rankings for Drink 5, Dave. They go through Fantasy Pros. Sure. Um <laughs> I do some of the rankings uh, that Fantasy Pros uses in their expert consensus. So I um, I think that the Juju will continue to climb up a little bit. And obviously, we have to temper, uh, depending on the uh, Steelers' offense, which looked okay, uh, but it still wasn't Ben throwing a ton of touchdowns or anything. Yeah, but yeah. he's taken over that role from Eli Rogers, and uh, even when he went out there and, and, and fumbled the ball, he came right back in. So obviously, there's a, le- a level of trust Um between yes. him and the coaches. Yes, I, I think that, you know, just a random guy we did bring up just now, Juju, is going to be, uh, you know, a fine wide receiver going forward. So other injuries that we uh, took a look at this week, Jameis Winston got banged up, did not finish his game, which led to a, a very good game for Ryan Fitzpatrick, but Winston should be back next week. Same with Trevor Simeon, who went out and Brock Osweiler played for a bit, and then Simeon came back in uh, in that terrible game for the Broncos. So... Uh, Simeon should be back next week. They play the Chargers. It's a perfect chance, you know, to get right, as they like to say in the NFL. Um, but I, I, I'm not really certain what's going to happen uh, with Tampa Bay, you know, with their success anyways. Um, yeah. Uh, Jameis Winston, he'll be playing. So do you want to start him in fantasy? I think he's probably still a top 10 wide rec- quarterback because of the weapons he has around him. There's a good running game there. He's got two good receivers to throw to. He's got a good tight end to throw to. So he'll be able to be productive if he plays the game, as evidenced by Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. Uh, week. Sorry, I just need to have the Week 7 schedule in front of my face. Otherwise, I'm totally lost. Uh, so other guys who were hurt, Leonard Fournette had an injury scare. He is expected to play in Week 7, so he 
apparently could have come back, but the game flow said that he shouldn't play. But honestly, I always think that those that's just bullshit from a coach. Like, they were down by 10 points. They should have their best player on the team, on the field, if he can play. So clear, I would say, you know, my interpretation is clearly he couldn't play the rest of the game. Um, they didn't want to make a big deal out of the injury, and they expect him to play next week. But as we always say, check the injury reports on Wednesday when they come out. Do you know who uh, backs up Fournette in Jacksonville? Chris Ivory. Yeah, and Chris Ivory actually has been doing pretty well. He's been getting around uh, at least five carries a game, catching some balls. Um, you know, so he he is sitting there in case there is some kind of a. Uh, of an issue, and we all know, um, at least those of us who've been playing for a couple of years, that Ivory is still a more than serviceable back with a strong offensive line. That's exactly what Jacksonville has, and yeah. it shouldn't be an issue for him to go in there and, and make points uh, happen for for your team. Don't if, make points if uh, Leonard Fournette does have some kind of an, a lingering injury. Um, but it's it's just fun to see these guys. You know, like T.J. Yeldon's kind of faded into the background, but Chris Ivory is still very much. Uh, a backup that would take over the entire position if something happened to Fournette. Uh, yeah, and he is kind of a hot waiver pickup this week. I'm not really sold on him just because, you know, it seems like Fournette's going to be playing, so they're going to stick with Fournette, obviously. The guy who scored a touchdown in every game so far this year. Well, you know why you, you pick up waiver picks? It's, it's either because the guy has already broken out or because the guy is sitting on a borderline of, you know, this could happen if the guy gets injured, so... Um, we don't we don't know yet the full extent of uh, of Fournette's problems. That's true. So if you want to make a speculative pickup, would you, you know, on, on deeper leagues, speculative pickup? You think that's a good idea? Look, I've got plenty of leagues where um, I need to pick up a guy for or one reason or another. If there's a bye week problem, or if there's a um, if there's a guy that's gotten injured that needs to come off my roster, and I want to replace him with someone in a similar situation. Um, or there's a quarterback that I want to swap out, etc. But if, if I have a team and there's a couple where I don't have any pressing or urgent needs that need to have happen, then I do use a spot or two spots on my bench to just kind of bring in and out the players that could have situational uh, positives. All right. It's always good to look ahead you know, for those things, to already have these guys in your team when they break out in a game because you can't always get them when, they're, you know, when everybody wants them. Well, you're the smart one then. Yeah, you, you can't hardly ever get them if uh, if they do well. Right, nobody's, you know, everybody wants Adrian Peterson this week, but the time to pick him up was last week. So, um, where are we at? Uh, wide receiver injuries, a couple of uh, important ones here. Emmanuel Sanders, he's going to be out for week seven. He's week to week, they call it, with an ankle injury. Uh, so week seven at the very least, I would expect maybe two weeks. He got carted off. It did not look good. So maybe one of those high ankle sprains that takes usually three or four weeks to heal. Uh, Golden Tate is going to be out for a couple of weeks as well. He was already going to be on bye this week, so that's why you may not have seen his name popping up. But he will be missing uh, going forward after that, probably another two games. Um, I wanted to mention that uh, Benny Fowler, who's a guy who has had the name in uh, fantasy headlines previously, um, he's had good games from time to time. Uh, he's on the Broncos as a wide receiver, and I think there was a game a couple weeks ago where he just uh, he scored like a touchdown or two, had a ton of targets. Yeah, with, I, two touchdowns. With Sanders out uh, in week six, he had uh, eight targets, Fowler did. And so I would expect that he uh, he's going to get the opportunities to be fantasy relevant, especially on a PPR team. Uh, so he's a guy that may not be on uh, those waiver wire targets, but it's still someone in a deep league, or if uh, you know if you're not risk averse, uh, that you might want to pick up and uh, and use on your team. 
Excellent uh, recommendation there, Dave. And we'll have some more waiver pickups uh, for you a little bit later in the show. But for now, we're going to transition over. Well, uh, we should talk about Ezekiel Elliott, right? Oh, God. I meant to do that at the very beginning of the show. (laughs) Breaking news, everybody. All right. I didn't have anything prepared, really. Oh, it's all good. Please tell us, Dave. There is news about Ezekiel Elliott. What's going on? Yeah, so this this ongoing saga that we uh, are subjected to week after week in the NFL, every year there is one. Every season there's some guy, you know, that has uh, things hanging over his head or uh, there's back and forth with the league and the Players Association. In this case, um, I think everyone's familiar by now with the suspension that was, um, you know, sort of reigning over Ezekiel Elliott's head. And then he was able to file a temporary restraining order against that injunction um, and the NFL earlier in the year. Well, then that got reversed, and his suspension was, according to the NFL, active starting this week, would be week seven, uh, for six weeks um, going forward until, I guess, week 13. Uh, And now it looks like uh, there was just a ruling uh, by, uh, and forgive me, I I don't know exactly how to pronounce the names of the judges, etc., but this particular guy, uh, Judge Crotty, uh, was ruling in favor of Ezekiel Elliott. That happened tonight. And he actually um, was, it was supposed to happen a couple hours ago. Uh, and he just kept rolling things on. And it looked like he was uh, making phone calls and, um, and trying to figure out all sorts of things. So he kept everybody there in the courthouse later than they were all supposed to be there to make this ruling. Uh, he did go ahead and grant him another restraining order, which will allow him to be playing for the next week. That's for certain at this point. Uh, However, the news from uh, legal analysts um, and attorneys and sports reporters that I've been following all seem to suggest or confirm, in fact, that it'll be two weeks that he'll definitely be playing for week seven and week eight because the uh, primary um, judge on this particular case is on vacation until October 30th. And so the NFL is not going to be able to... uh, to get in an appeal or any kind of hearing until the primary judge of the case comes back to uh, preside over it. Interesting wording. Just just to make this cloudier, right? Uh, the way that Roto World puts it is that uh, she is on vacation before or by October 30th. So, you know, maybe she comes back on the 27th and then you get screwed at the very end of the week for that week. Because the 30th is a Monday, the 27th would be... The previous Friday. Well, I'm quite sure that the the people of interest in this case, Roger Goodell and uh, and NFL um, uh, management, are going to be pressuring her if they can to come back early for for a judgment. Exactly. So, if you're an Ezekiel Elliott um, owner, you knew what you were getting into before the season started. But what's great is is you know this is the kind of thing that happens when you have this sort of uh, back and forth and this. Uh, um, these legal cases is that people go run to pick up players like Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden who may be helpful. They may split carries. Who knows? We're not sure how that situation would go down yet. However, in this case, we've basically got um, a bunch of people that, that used waiver wire picks or free agent uh, budgets for no specific reason for the upcoming weeks. Oh, yeah. The, in one of the free agent budget leagues I'm in, 
the guy who owns Ezekiel Elliott spent a big chunk of change on Darren McFadden last week. And that makes sense. He's and been holding Alfred Morris all year. And maybe he still gets to use that at some point, or or not. Who knows? But yeah. what's important, the news that we just want to get across to all of you listening, is that he is not suspended. He should play this week. He will probably play next week. And so you can uh, take your finger off the uh, off the trigger, <laughs> you know, which is a, a weird theme that apparently this show has uh, this evening. An unintended theme for sure. Um, okay, now we can. We have any other breaking news? Well, there's all sorts of breaking happening? news, but let's uh, let's move on to uh, to something interesting. And for those of you listening live, you know, feel free during the show to submit any lineup questions or comments or um, anything you want to talk about to the chat room. And of course, you uh, those of you listening afterwards, uh, after the original broadcast, you can still get at us at Twitter or you can email directly at Jason at Drink Five or David Drink Five with your questions or comments. So let's uh, go on to the next segment. Sure. All right. So uh, every week on Monday, I write a column called Statistically Insignificant. And uh, I just like to... You know, look at numbers throughout the league, find funny things or impressive things or whatever. Uh, so let's burn down this list. You can always check it out on drink5.com, just like the rest of our stuff, like the rankings Dave was talking about earlier. Those are up now for the week. Um, so make sure you check those out throughout the week. He does update them uh, throughout the week and then again, uh, usually right before, you know, the games start at some point. So uh, we've got 15 passing touchdowns, a big stat turned in from Deshaun Watson, who has that through only six games this year. Uh, interestingly enough, the Houston Texans offense only had 15 passing touchdowns all of last year. So he got that in 10 fewer games already. Uh, he also has two more touchdowns just on his feet. So Deshaun Watson is maybe the most impressive rookie quarterback I've ever seen. Um, you know, I, I basically started watching the NFL again uh, when Ben Roethlisberger was a rookie. So the 2003-2004 season. 2004. And, um, you know, Roethlisberger went 15-1. and I don't expect Watson to match the record, but he will probably break all of the statistical categories that all of the rookies have put up so far. Cam Newton's, like, 20... Uh, well, basically 30 touchdowns that he was responsible for. Robert Griffin III with, like, over 4,000 yards passing and another seven, yards, uh, seven touchdowns rushing. Deshaun Watson's going to break it all. And the Michael Jordan of basketball nickname he sort of has. Of football. Of football. The Michael Jordan of basketball is Michael Jordan. Oh, that's how that works. <laughs> uh, it's pretty you know, accurate so far. This guy is very damn impressive. Dave, you were really high on him. You drafted him in the Dynasty League. Uh, you know, What does it feel like to be so right about a player? Uh, well, I wish I picked him up earlier in, in redraft leagues, but the problem with that is that he, there was already an incumbent, and you don't know if it's going to be week four, week six, week week 12, or next year when he actually gets his shot. Um, to your question, uh, I, I think it's great. I, I love the guy. <laughs> I, you know, I, I do something because we are in a dynasty league, and I won't talk too much about it, but I would recommend it to anyone interested in rookies is uh, even just so much as watching the little like 15-minute uh, John Gruden rookie quarterback camp videos that they have out there is really eye-opening. It takes you through the, the quarterbacks, um, sort of gets an idea about what their personality looks like, 
Um, and then the Gruden will will go up there and uh, start drawing some plays and see how sharp they are with their actual um, you know football quotient, their actual knowledge. Because a lot of these guys came from systems where they're not running plays like they're going to run them in the NFL, or they're they're encouraged to. Um, you know, to to go ahead and improvise, whereas in the NFL it's going to be a little bit more structured and coming, much more structured, really. Right, and coming from uh, the situation that that Watson was in, he did a lot of uh, of of plays um, that really helped his team because he was just so much more athletically charged than a lot of those guys out there were. Now entering into the NFL, he's taken a uh, a good shine onto I think um, some of the some of the the things that, that they want to impress on them, the quarterback coaches, the management of the teams. So I, I'm just going to say I really enjoy watching him, and I, I really enjoy having him on a roster. And all those people that went and picked him up um, you know, before that first week when there were just whispers of things, uh, you really had no idea what was going to happen because the Houston offense looked really lethargic. But sometimes you just need a spark you know, to, to get the whole thing going. Yeah, I mean, they got, they got blown out in that first game, and they put him in mostly because they were getting blown out. If it was a close game, you may not see the field, like you're saying, until week three or four. Right. Or even later, like Mitch Trubisky. So um, it, it was fortunate that he got in. He did throw a touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins right away, and that sort of set the tone, I think, for the team. Um, that huge win they had a couple weeks ago where they put up 54 points or something like that, uh, a record for the franchise, you know, that – that just goes to show that he is going to be something special. Um, I, I do expect to a lot, you know, a, a lot of points from him. He may be the number one point scorer this year. The quarterback situations are crazy as a rookie. You talk about uh, Deshaun Kaiser, who a lot of people were up on. He's just kind of flopped. Mitch Trubisky looks okay at best. Um, right. You know, uh, but sometimes you get a couple quarterbacks that come in in a year like Cam Newton uh, or RG3, and, and there's a couple guys that are kind of, you know, running – Running the, uh, uh, I forget what that phrase would be. Running the gauntlet. Yeah, run. Sure, something like that. Something but like that. but a couple guys doing well, and and this year it really is just uh, just Watson stepping up, and I I can't see any other quarterback startable in a in a regular league that aren't aren't you know names we're familiar with. Yeah. So the Texans have this week off. Next week I can't gush about him, but maybe I'll find a reason why. Anyways. <laughs> sure. Uh, so three points or less. The 49ers have lost their last five games by three points or less. A feat that is so rare, you maybe should play the lottery or whatever the opposite of the lottery is. The opposite of the lottery. Well, opposite. What would the opposite of the lottery be? Tweet Ban- us and let us know. Bankruptcy? What you think the opposite of the lottery is. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, usually you still get stuff because you went into bankruptcy. It would be like getting your identity stolen. Um, so anyways. Um, Taxes? Brian, <laughs> Brian Hoyer got benched. Uh, the destroyer, you know, Hoyer the destroyer of his own teams. C.J. Beathard is now the um, quarterback, and he's going to be the starter in San Francisco for the time being. That is what uh, Kyle Shanahan has said. Now, um, I think that Kyle Shanahan may be looking for his old buddy, Kirk Cousins. You know, they can't franchise him anymore in Washington. They did it two years in a row. That's the max. Yeah, I I don't think Kirk Cousins sticks around in Washington. Exactly. Yeah. As much as it seems like a good fit there, system-wise, like... If I were Kirk Cousins, I would be pretty miffed about being franchised twice in a row when you know they could have just worked out some sort of long-term deal. I'm sure that he would have been okay with that if they were giving him the right money, but they didn't seem to want to pay him long-term, so they're just franchising him. Well, not only that, but their WR1 is Chris Thompson. Like The team's just not working out very well. That's a good point. 
Yeah, they don't have a wide receiver. Not that San Francisco does, but maybe he wants to get together with his old buddy and they'll write him a huge check. <laughs> and you, it's hard to argue with the money. If it's a place you don't want to go, but they're going to pay you enough, most people will end up going. Everyone has a price. Uh, so 25.4 fantasy points. Who put up 25 points? Who would you think was going to do that? Le'Veon Bell? Sure, he got it. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, well, he got injured. But no, it's not 2009. It's Adrian Peterson putting up 25 fantasy points. So he looked like his old self. He had 134 yards, two touchdowns on the ground against the Buccaneers. No need to have any passes or anything like that. But you got Larry Fitzgerald out there doing it for you. So 5.2 yards per carry for Peterson. He was great from the very beginning of the game. Put up more yards on the opening drive than the Cardinals had averaged all season. I believe it was 54 yards on the opening drive. They averaged 52 on the season. Something close to that. Anyways. I think this is a problem for, for other teams. For other teams that have to play the Cardinals? Because if this is a real thing, it's repeatable. Um, and it's not just him you know, going out there and, and giving off all of his juice in one, in one game. Yeah. Then, then you have a team that will probably make it into the playoffs on the steam of Adrian Peterson that will then get David Johnson back. Because then you have David Johnson and Adrian Peterson on the same team going into the playoffs, and that's a that's a that, serious that, problem. That doesn't then you have David Johnson back. No, if if Adrian Peterson is playing the way he's playing, but Adrian Peterson, as we've seen, needs to have twenty plus carries. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it would be like a situation where I mean, is David Johnson going to be the third down back? It would it would be a situation where literally the running backs get fifty carries a game. Maybe when you've but got imagine Bruce having Arians has like so many weapons to throw to. Well, imagine if you had Adrian Peterson and Jamal Charles on the same team in Kansas City. Like, imagine if you had someone other than Carson Palmer on that team. <laughs> <laughs> he was he's doing okay. He's doing okay, right? But if you know, if they, they have had, wide receivers, you know, they imagine have. If they had drafted Deshaun Watson. They <laughs> they, they they should be okay. Uh, and it's interesting. And, and we, last week, um, were all kind of down on Adrian Peterson saying, yes, he got traded to Arizona. Yes, that could technically be a good situation, except that the offensive line um, isn't looking amazing. Um, and Adrian Peterson is looking older and, and frail and not really breaking through. Um, and he, he goes and proves us wrong is what happened. He certainly did. So Larry Fitzgerald is his new best friend. And, uh, you know, they're both going to put up 20 points a game. And the Cardinals aren't going to lose any more games this year. Uh, so uh, we want That's your. That's what's going to happen. That's, that is my expert uh, breakdown of this situation, right? Sure. Here. All right. Yeah, the Cardinals are going to win out. <laughs> um, so I'm going to point to this when it does happen and be like, "No, I wasn't joking. I wasn't being ironic. I swear." Of course. Uh, so 25 plus fantasy points, right? So move over quarterbacks. The running backs are dominating the fantasy football scoreboard. So Kirk Cousins did lead the way with 28.8, where the next four highest scoring players were running backs. Of course, I should say, a defense scored the most points this week, and then it was a quarterback. And then, you know, you got four running backs. So basically, the the main players that are putting up the big numbers, Melvin Gordon, Adrian Peterson, Le'Veon Bell, Mark Ingram, they're all high draft picks. They're all doing what you expected them to do. Uh, and that's fantastic. Well, sorry, Adrian Peterson was not a high draft pick. The other three guys were. Um... So they all scored at least 25 points. They all had at least 25 carries as well. So it's not just a couple of big plays. These guys are getting 
a lot of work and they are turning it into big points. So it's just exactly what you expect from the bell cow running backs. Something that's been sort of missing from the NFL in the last few years. One of the reasons why David Johnson was drafted first overall and Le'Veon Bell right after him, you know, because going into the year, it looked like those might be the only two like major bell cow backs that you have. So that, and they stored, they scored quarterback points and they score absurd amounts of points. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but you've got these other guys, Jordan Howard, Melvin Gordon, Mark Ingram, who are now in situations where they're going to be getting a lot of work. And it's it is positive for the team as well. The team is winning. The team is doing well when that's happening for them. So it's not just a fluke of, well, they got a lot of points in garbage time. Can we rely on that? I think that these running backs are going to consistently be getting a lot of work. You're right, but it's more than that. Like you mentioned Jordan Howard. I mean, he was the, wasn't he the rushing yards leader last year? So that, that's not necessarily new. You're right. No, second most. But yes, that, that was huge. And Ingram's usually like a top eight back every year. So, But but there's more than that. There's a lot of, of teams that are abandoning the, the the running back by committee or limiting it to more of a 70-30 kind of situation where you do have guys where you can you can grab a hold of and start and they will score you 12 plus points uh, per game and we're seeing that again so yeah, in a game where they're getting blown out Doug Martin still sees 14 carries well it's a nice it's a nice trend I think it's interesting we'll, we'll see where it goes so what's your what's your theory about all of this do you think that when we look back on the season we're going to see that that's carried over or is that going to be something where uh, <laughs> where, where those guys get what usually happens in those situations and we see more injuries from these uh, lead backs? Um, that's certainly possible. We saw Leonard Fournette uh, have get a little banged up last week. Um, and I don't know that that's necessarily due to overuse. Uh, you know, The guys who I think get overused and get hurt are guys like T- Ty Montgomery who like get rib injuries and injuries from being tackled too much, not like freak injuries like I put my foot down wrong. Um, those are going to happen to anybody walking down the street. Um, well, maybe if you're not so good at walking. <laughs> uh, so anyways, you know, what I see here is that there's a lot of just talent right now being concentrated at that position. Um, and it's spread out along, among the league. Because of you're some big have... rookie draft classes over the past couple of years, especially this one, who yeah. has a, a couple of guys, some of them not even available anymore, like Chris Carson and Dalvin Cook, that were, they were really tremendous running backs. Right. So uh, you're going to see a lot of this sort of um, main running back, uh, less running back by committee anyways. You know, I think that that was sort of a trend in the NFL for a while, but the bell cow back style has worked you know, throughout all of the different eras of NFL. And it still works today. So I think that you're going to see teams trying to develop guys to fill that role more than, you know, just saying, okay, well, we got two guys. We'll we'll use the, the, the smart brains of the coach in order to figure out when to put one in and when to put the other one in. Um, you know, if you've got just one guy that you can rely on, then your team is going to have more success. And I think teams are realizing that again. You know, it's a you know everyone, it's copycat league, as they say. Look, it's the best situation ever. You have those guys; they 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 propel you to new heights of greatness. The problem is you lose them, and then you're a crappy team again. So it's <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you've got more than one. It's up in the air, yeah. So yeah. the final stat that we got to run down today is two point seven seven inches per carry. Um, so the Carolina Panthers running backs, because they did have a wide receiver carry the ball for eight yards, which totally screws this statistic out um but christian mccaffrey fozzie whitaker and jonathan stewart had one yard net over 13 carries 
which gets you 2.77 inches per carry. Um, it's just such a comically low number, I couldn't help but include it. So it, please check out the article online uh, to read all of the little stats I've got. Um, check it out every week. We uh, you know, would like to have you on the site. Let me know if you find any stats in the wild that you think are crazy. I'll write them up for you. Um, so we can move on here. So the pick five. We got five pickups to discuss with you and maybe a few more. Uh, this one is the NFC East edition. Thank you to Jim Hutchins who uh, published this one on our website yesterday evening. Uh, we've got an article from him every week. So once again, go to Drink 5. Check out uh, Jim's pickup recommendations before you make your waiver pickups every week. So starting them off, we've got the Dallas Cowboys defense. They are only owned by 7% of leagues, so chances are they're available in your league. Um, they are playing against a rookie quarterback. A rookie quarterback's first start as well. So C.J. Beathard is going to be starting. They are playing in San Francisco, but I don't care. Um, if you need a defense because maybe Houston is on by or you don't want to mess with um, Baltimore against Minnesota, then go ahead and go with Dallas. I mean, that's not a bad uh, idea. Where did Dallas land on your rankings, Dave? I don't. I don't like to uh, disagree with um, with with Jim's waiver picks necessarily because everybody has their own ideas about what's going to happen. Um, but they're currently twenty on my uh, on my rankings for defenses. Okay. And the the reason isn't because uh, you know because the 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 rookie. Uh, CJ, it's it's just because San Francisco has really not allowed a ton of points to opposing defenses, and I don't think that that will continue just because they have a new quarterback. Because I don't think that their new quarterback is necessarily any worse than Brian Hoyer is. Uh, right. I, I mean, well, see, I think Hoyer was pretty bad, so I could totally see the. Uh... My point is, that I don't think they're going to move up, but but I get it, and I understand that any any quarterback that's a rookie that hasn't had starts in the NFL is someone you should generally uh, go against, right? But I would rather play New Orleans defense against Green Bay than I would Dallas against CJ. Okay. Um, we've got Darren McFadden, who is 52% owned. Now, uh, th this is listed here. Now, we should probably just mention it because you don't want him yet. At least you don't want to start him yet. Well, if you have a guy like that available, and and say Ezekiel is still going to get suspended, and he's going to get suspended, uh, you know, in two weeks, then this is the time and next week that you only have to to grab him. In most leagues, uh, DMac and Alfred Morris are already taken. That's true. He's fifty two percent owned already in Yahoo League. I like the idea now because Ezekiel Elliott owners are freaking out so much of just taking them if they're not if they're available and selling them to them. To the Zeke owner. Yeah. That's smart. In fact, I should have done that in a couple leagues, but I, I missed out <laughs> because there were other in players. Fact, why didn't I do that? Well, there were other players I wanted in, in waiver situations, um, so I, I went with them instead. But I, 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 I liked that idea. I always liked that idea, is, is if there's someone that you notice or you can tell uh, in the league is going to require um, 
some specific guy, whether that be a quarterback or a backup or a handcuff for this kind of a situation. It's awesome to you know kind of be the bad guy, pick him up instead, and then sell him. Why not? You're going to get something above what you could possibly have gotten at that time. Yeah. Un- unfortunately, like uh, Jim pointed out here, uh, he was already um, taken in uh, 52% of leagues, and that was last night, so it's probably much more by now. Right. Uh, so Nelson Aguilar, 55% owned. Um, he looks like he's really clicking inside that uh, offense with the Eagles. Um, he plays the Redskins, who, um, you know, they may be giving up a lot of yards, but they're not giving up a ton of points to fantasy opposing fantasy. But I think it's because of the situations he's been in. Aguilar actually is the highest scoring fantasy wide receiver against Washington this year. They played them in week one already, so um, they're getting another look at them. I, I, I think he can have a great game this week. I would fire him up against them this week. They're going to have probably this one more week without Josh Norman, the Redskins, that is. So, um, you know, I, I would go for Nelson Aguilar, and you're probably going to keep him down the stretch. When we look at younger players like uh, Aguilar, and uh, especially at the wide receiver position, and a lot of people say now because a couple of rookies came in and, and performed well the first years they were in the NFL that it doesn't the three-year thing doesn't matter. But I think it does. I, I think if a rec- receiver's in the league for two or three years, that third year is still kind of the breakout point. Isn't he on, is he on his third year now? Third or fourth, but somewhere around there. Right, I think he's he, he would have been the third-year candidate to break That's out. That's what I'm year. thinking. Yeah. So you could see earlier in the year, I think the first or second game, he did really well and then kind of dipped off a bit. But uh, Philadelphia is still learning to take their first steps anyway as a new offense because they just got uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith, these guys they never had before. Uh, and I think they're, they're settling in on, on what uh, they're good at. And Aguilar is one of those top guys. And I'm pretty sure that he's going to just continue to, to step up his production throughout the year as long as Carson Wentz is throwing him the ball. So I agree with you. If you don't have him on your team already, if he's available out there, he needs to be owned. Yeah, definitely should be a pickup. Um, he plays Washington this week. They play the Niners next week. Uh, lots of positive fantasy things happening with the Eagles. Plus, they're 5-1. and one. I mean, they're, they're a really good team right now. You always want the players who are on the good teams. Mm-hmm. They're going to be doing well. Uh, Orleans Darkwa of the Giants running back is only 11% owned. He had a great game, 21 rushes for 117 yards against the Denver Broncos defense. How does that happen, Dave? So these things happen every couple weeks, right? And in this in this year, every week. Every week. A, a couple times a week, There's maybe. some crazy upset. But Jay Cutler beats the team that was in the Super Bowl. I can't tell you why, except that perhaps uh, the Bronco, Broncos were kind of unable to scheme against a team that has no tape on them. because There was nothing to scheme against. Because they, they didn't know what the heck was going to happen. Um, I like Orleans Darkwa, too. But I think he's limited in his uh, in his upside. I think this game is his upside. It may be the top of his ceiling. Um, he might be able to approach it again a time or two. The interesting conversation about this is that Paul Perkins went down. Paul Perkins may be coming back, but he's not really a piece that anyone should own. Uh, he's slow and outdated, and they don't want Paul Perkins. And he's a rookie that was just uh, like two years two years old, you know. But he's still not going to be the guy there. Darkwa looks like he is going to be the favorite for carries, like Jim mentions in the article. Wayne Gallman is a rookie who is also uh, on that same team. Uh, both of them are probably going to end up canceling each other out for the most part because their offense isn't going to be able to run through teams like they did through Denver miraculously. Right. I mean, that was 
I, you know, I was hoping that you could find an explanation for that game. There is no explanation. He's a he's for a why the zero and five Giants win. He's a game. tough guy to pick up, and I, you know, what I do a lot of times to to try and figure out exactly what the situations are for these different teams because I'm not in their uh, region, you know, and I, I can't hear all of those. Uh, radio shows and I can't hear people discussing things that that I would otherwise hear in Chicago where I am I get to hear a lot of this sort of local stuff that doesn't necessarily all spread out to a national level so I would recommend following beat reporters for the individual teams on Twitter uh, going to the individual subreddits uh, on reddit for those teams all individually if you're interested in their situations or at least if if it's a team that you're really looking into getting certain players Go look there for a source of information. Right. And and in this particular case, any New York Giants uh, fan that knows a lot about the team or beat reporter that covers the team will tell you that their backfield situation is similar to Seattle's in that they play a hot hand. They don't have a guy. They're not going to have a guy. And they're not good enough uh, as far as an offensive line to support a guy. So that means don't take anybody, in my opinion. But if you're going to take someone or if you're in a super deep league, then Darkwa is the guy who's leading them right now. Okay, and one other giant who uh, is going to be on the waiver radar is Sterling Shepard. So he's 52% owned. Um, And obviously someone has to be the number one wide receiver there just by default. So Shepard is the best guy left on their roster who is going to be playing games still this year. Yeah, Engram Engram was good, but he's not a wide receiver, so it's Sterling Shepard all the way down. Yep. So the the Giants did give up uh play call or I should say McAdoo gave up play calling uh responsibilities. Thanks for uh reminding me of that, Matt, in the chat room. But um I, I think that that had a lot to do with the offense working better. And clearly, you know, it, they were then running things that Nobody was going to be able to, um, to to prepare for. Well, that's what we talked about. They can't they can't scheme against a team that isn't doing anything that they used to do, and they don't have the players that they used to have. So that that may um, translate to a few more weeks. We still don't know if Sterling Shepard will even be back this week. It may have been a couple of weekends. But if somebody dropped him like, or something, you have exactly, to exactly like Darren yeah. McFadden. Even if he's not going to start this week, pick him up because it, it could turn into something much better uh, very, very soon. Indeed. Uh, so a couple other guys uh, that we can mention. Uh, Eric Decker, I oh, was surprised to see, only owned in 44% of leagues. I think that he and Mariota are starting to click a little bit more. Um, I liked what I saw last night out of them as well because he had to pass the uh, ball a lot more. And, you know, he relied on – you take this and fill it. Thank you. And relied on, you know, just throwing the ball, staying in the pocket. Uh, you got Brett Hundley at 2% owned. If you're in a deep QB league and a two-quarterback league, Hundley is a guy who probably should be owned just because um, every quarterback should probably be owned in those leagues. Robert Woods, only 8% owned uh, right now for a wide receiver pickup, although I like your recommendation, Dave, of Benny Fowler, um, and I will try to not take him from too many from you in too many leagues. <laughs> So any, any other waiver pickups you want to mention this week? I have nothing prepared. Okay. time for over-unders. So last week uh, we had Sean on the show and we bet our traditional Lou Malnati's pizza. 
Dave, good job on last week. You've won a couple weeks in a row now. Time to stop that trend. You went three and a three and one last week. So you had Cooper Cup under six points, Kareem Hunt under sixteen points, Deshaun Watson under twenty three. He had 24.3. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Alvin Kamara, under nine. There was a, a definite theme there. You went under for everybody, and you were correct on pretty much everybody. I like when, when players get super hyped because that means that they're probably not going to live up to those expectations. Even if they perform well, not those expectations. However, uh, guys like Cup and guys like Kamara uh, and... Kareem um, uh, so, Sometimes they... Uh, uh, so that's, that's two rookie players where a lot of people think that they're suddenly just going to be starters every week, and that's not going to happen. Uh, Kamara, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, I love both of them. They're, they're great players, but you have to remember, they are still rookies. They're still I mean, learning the game. It comes out a team with Sammy Watkins. If they're going to start throwing the ball a lot, it's going to be to Watkins. Maybe. We didn't have that discussion in this but particular Robert broadcast. Woods, and Robert Woods is leading the team in receiving right now. Sammy Watkins has only had 24 targets in six games. That's not enough. Well, they're wrong, and they need to start throwing it to him. <laughs> but but the point is, that's what's currently happening. So I'm sure Cooper Cup has more targets than Watkins. I mean, that has a lot to do by with why the Rams aren't doing even better. Okay, so on to our over-unders this but week. But thank you. I appreciate that. I'll go, I'll go quadruple mushroom on that pizza or something. Oh, very nice. Just kidding. <laughs> um, so, Devonta Freeman at New England. And then we're going to start all the running backs at 12 points. I figure 12 points is a good baseline for these top-end running backs, right? That's what you want them to score. That's what you expect them to score. 60 yards and a touchdown or a bunch of yards and a few catches, something like that. Uh, so Devonta Freeman at New England, he's playing the defense that gives up the second most points, I believe, to opposing running backs. So um, at 12 points, you want to go over or under, Dave? I'm going to go under because the Falcons just lost to the Dolphins. Oh, well, that's a good point. I think that um, in the rematch of the Super Bowl that the Falcons will not have a lead to worry about holding on to, that they will come back and win at the end of the game. So um, I'm going to go ahead and go over with Freeman. What are we betting for, by the way? How much How much should I uh, have invested in this? Uh, I don't know. Which, what do you want to bet on? We didn't come up with something. Under and over. I mean, we can go as simple as who buys beers for next week. Okay, that sounds wonderful. Okay. They have to be good beers, though. Not like a cash amount, but you know something above your regular uh, craft craft six pack. Uh, up up to the uh, to the to the loser, but uh, okay. make it make it good. Okay, make it count. So Jordan Howard is uh, hosting Carolina. Uh, we'll start him at twelve points. Myself, I would go over the twelve is for him. He had thirty six carries last week. They're gonna. Run him and run him and run him and run him. Uh, so I'm going to go over 12 points for him. 36 carries. Well, he did. I mean, it was working. It's not a fake number. Right. It is real news. 12 points again? Twelve. They're all going to start at 12. Mm. <clears throat> so uh, Carolina is an interesting opponent. I think that it all depends for Jordan um, on whether or not he scores a touchdown because I don't think he'll be going for 167 yards against a team that's going to be watching him run over and over on a on a video uh, player. <laughs> you know they're gonna they're gonna scheme against the best player on that team. They're good against the running back so far. 
Um, I will again say under. The, the the only double digit player they have is Alvin Kamara. So this would be the best, you know, the best performance thus far. I don't like this under theme <laughs> for me again. You don't think it's going to work two weeks in a row? No, it's great. You know, I I actually I actually think that uh, that going under might be the best strategy in the over unders because getting less points is more likely than getting more points in general terms. Sure, you start out and you're winning. The right. game starts and you're winning. Well, and and just in general, th- these guys aren't going to put up 20 points every week. It's just not going to happen. Right. Um, but what's interesting is, I, uh, well, I don't know. Let's move on to the next guy. Okay, so Mark Ingram is playing in Green Bay. The New Orleans offense sort of got recharged last week, although they did have three defensive touchdowns. But the New Orleans offense, you know, has only the two running backs now. Mark Ingram, clearly the favorite, had over 25 carries last week. We'll start him at 12 points. It's your first option dave over or under <laughs> i i love mark ingram yeah problem is he hasn't scored a touchdown until yesterday until uh sunday okay and he scored two he's gonna go under but he's gonna be playing against green bay a green bay team that will probably go down to new orleans i think you agree with me there with a rookie quarterback not a rookie but a uh first time starter you mean they're gonna lose to new orleans because they're going to stay in Green Bay. The green the game is in Green Bay. No, I mean go down is in lose. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. You think that the Packers are going to lose to New Orleans? You think Green Bay with not Aaron Rodgers will beat New Orleans? Uh, kind of. <laughs> I kind of do. All right. Well, uh, I, I, I would love to say that Mark Ingram continues his upswing here. Um, maybe it was just Adrian Peterson that needed to be removed like a, like a wart off of his back. Sure. <laughs> oh, oh sorry. visual. Sorry, AP. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make this my first over and, and call it another, uh, a whooping on, uh, on Green Bay. I also love, uh, New Orleans defense. So I would say play all your Saints against, uh, against the Packers. Against the Packers. I'm going to go under. I think that the Packers are going to be able to win this game. And I think that, if anything, uh, they'll be thrown into Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. I think they'll be dragged into hell with a wailing and gnashing of teeth. That is, you know, probably the way that people describe Lambeau Field sometimes. <laughs> if you're Bears fans, is that is that how you describe it? If you're any opponent in December. <laughs> so, where are the Packers against running backs, I'm curious. They're kind of in the middle of the pack, 14th. Um, you know, they've given up some big games. They've given up some other games. A lot of consistency, really. A lot of players in double digits. Um, but, I, you know, I went under. I'm sticking with it. And next up, we've got LaShawn McCoy, who's playing against Tampa Bay. They're hosting Tampa Bay. So they got to go up north. Um, they're going to be 12 points. Or, I'm sorry, we're going to start at 12 points. And I start with McCoy. Um, Boy, I, uh, I'm i not, I don't know. McCoy feels like he's going to turn into Frank Gore, right? He's just going to be the guy who keeps scoring 1,000 yards a season forever, right? Um, no, because Frank Gore doesn't catch passes. And uh, McCoy is a receiving back. So, so that so makes him even better? He'll have 20 carries a game and six passes. Well, six receptions. That's pretty slick, really. Yeah, I agree. Um, plus, he's not that old of a guy, right? He started in uh, 2009. So he's only 29 years old. Yep. I mean, we can call him Frank Gore in, in four more years if he's still playing. <laughs> so Tampa Bay just gave up a bunch of points to Adrian Peterson. Uh, earlier in the year, they gave up a bunch of points to Delvin Cook. They haven't really stopped a 
big name back. I think that this is the week that, you know, Gerald McCoy gets everyone on the defense and they buckle down and they the defense plays very well. I don't know if they're going to win, but I know the defense will play well. And I think that we're going to go – I'm going to go under. Under. Yeah. You're going to go under as well? That was, you know – it took me a while to get there. Clearly you made that decision a while ago. So at 11 points, I'm going to stay under. Under. Uh, 10 points, I'll stay under. Under. 9 points, I guess I'll go over. 9, I mean, right? Where, where would you like to be on 9? Over. So 9.5. You want the half point, is that it? You go first every time, my friend. <laughs> That's the way this works. Um, 9.5. Give me the under. And I'll go over, and LaShawn McCoy will score his first touchdown of the year against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we've split the over and under this week. Um, and the tiebreaker will be Jordan Howard carries. I was really hoping you'd get um, under nine. That would have been that would have been good. Under nine. Uh, so, anyways, the um, Jordan Howard tiebreaker carries. Do you want to go first? Or do you want to do a blind one later on? Oh, I don't care. Go ahead. I'm not a fan of tiebreakers. I think you should win outright, or we should just cancel the whole situation. Or we just split the beers. That's <laughs> fine. Let's just do that. I'm fine with. I mean, these aren't. These aren't things where we're building to a championship. All right, a beer, a beer of champion, beer of champions. I'll take a beer of champions. Jeez, oh, I need another shot. Clearly, please give me another <laughs> shot and a beer of champions. I need that. All right, everybody. Sorry if uh, we checked out a little bit, but I'm about to check out for vacation, and it's vacation time. Dude, go on vacation. We'll come back uh, refreshed and hungover uh, for a broadcast next Tuesday. Uh, that'll be promoting Week Eight's games, which is officially the halfway point of the NFL season, not including Week Seventeen because Week Seventeen sucks. That's right. <laughs> you know we should we should call the podcast Week Seventeen sucks. I think yeah. that's a good just general name for a podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Check us out next week. Follow us on Drink Five. Follow us at Drink Five on Twitter. Go to drinkfive.com. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash drink5. All those good places. Thanks, Dave. Cheers. Yep. Cheers to you, Jason, and everybody out there, and uh, and to the people that make beer, the people that decided at some point how to create beer, the people that uh, have manufactured and, and distributed the sugars. and The people and, that bring the beer to us. And yeasts and things that are, that are used to make beer. Basically, everyone uh, in in the whole like beer organization. John uh, Aluminum, the guy who came up with the aluminum can. We appreciate you, John. Yes. Or aluminium, as they say in the UK. He is British. Yeah. So is his name John Aluminium? Right. Well, it, Jonathan. This is very strange. It's, right. It, it's turning a corner, Maj. <laughs> Peace.